Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by Express News food critic Mike Sutter. He joins the show today to talk about his four-part series on the San Antonio Riverwalk. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Always a pleasure to have you. Hey, I appreciate you having me because I'm thinking about the Riverwalk. God, have I had to think about the Riverwalk in the last uh, couple of months as we've uh, unfolded this story, because you can't tell the story of going out to eat on the Riverwalk without kind of breaking it down. I wanted to go to every single restaurant on the Riverwalk. So if you can imagine that. That's a big undertaking. And I'm glad you, you brought that up because I want to talk before we get into the list, the, the, each, each of the four parts. Yeah. I wanted to speak generally about the scope of this project and how you collaborated with your team uh, and kind of what it, what the prep was like for some to tackle something this big. Well, it. First off, what you have to do is sort of set boundaries because the Riverwalk has become this 15-mile wonderful sprawl through the city, going to the Museum Reach and then um, up further north, uh, way further north. So we had to set some uh, some boundaries here. So we decided that it would be Cesar Chavez on the north, winding down to about 4th Street on the south. So we've got this sort of defined area. And that's actually what I think people think of when they think of restaurants along the Riverwalk. Um, they're thinking about places like Dick's Last Resort and the Hard Rock Cafe and uh, maybe the Esquire Tavern, places that have sort of defined going down to the Riverwalk for audiences of old and audiences of new. So we'd have to throw in like Casa Rio there also. Um, you can kind of tell if your restaurant is is big on the Riverwalk scene, if you can hear the Riverwalk, uh, the river barge captains mention the restaurant where you're sitting <laughs> as they float by. And so if you're at Casa Rio, of course, that guy's going to point over there and say, if you're looking for the oldest Mexican restaurant on the Riverwalk, look no further than Casa Rio to our left. And so you're sitting there going, yeah, OK, I'm right here. Um, I wish I were having better food and not fighting the pigeons and the uh, grackles so hard for what's on my plate. But, you know, those are the occupational hazards. I, <laughs> the, the waiter, the waiter just came over and he said, oh, these bleeping birds. And uh, I, I understand the things that they go through for that. But in Casa Rio, you can get a reliable plate of enchiladas at Casa Rio, but as you start to gauge it against all the other res restaurants on the Riverwalk and certainly against the broader panoply of San Antonio restaurants, you have to look at them in a harsher light. And that was, for better or for worse, the undertaking that I had. The absolute idea was to go to every single restaurant on the Riverwalk. We're talking about the locally owned places, then the uh, Riverwalk hotel restaurants, and finally the chains, which I think was the one I was dreading the most. And something I did at the very beginning was to get one of those giant uh, 
souvenir margaritas in the big tulip glass with the light up bottom and things sticking out of the top and extra shots and all this. What I didn't realize was that thing cost $23. No, wait, the one I got cost $28. So when you see those people walking around with the, the big tulip shaped glasses, understand that they made an investment into mediocrity <laughs> and they are doubling down on it and walking around. It's that's the thing about Riverwalk margaritas is they're they're all too sweet, they're all too overblown, and it's very much like drinking your idea of what a margarita would have been when you were in college, making them in a blender, just flying by the seat of your pants. <laughs> you're you're going for quantity, not quality, on the Riverwalk when it comes to the margaritas, I guess. Oh heck yeah, and bring your wallet because um, prices have gone up in general at restaurants but it's especially true on the riverwalk and you don't have any problem getting to 100 bucks with two people well and we'll, we'll talk we'll, we'll get to it but one of my favorite quotes uh, was that is this good or is it riverwalk good well we'll we talk about that. that a little later <laughs> Right. We'll talk about the Riverwalk goggles. So uh, let's go back in time to September 27th, the nine best locally owned San Antonio Riverwalk restaurants. I believe this was the first part of the of the project. They're not listed in particular order. They're just, these are the, the ones that you think are the best. Is that right? Correct? This We just did this in alphabetical order. We didn't want to start naming top tens for each of the categories. Uh, I wanted to save that for the end of the project because the ultimate goal of this was to be a useful guide for people coming in from out of town. And they know about the Riverwalk, but where do we go? Because it's like carnival barkers with those outside tables and the menu boards popping up and you're seeing people line up or not line up. And I wanted people to have sort of a, a not sort of, I wanted them to have a definitive local guide on places to go, but you got to start somewhere. And the place to start for me was to tell people about the locals and just do it in alphabetical order and uh, give them a sense of places that are owned by San Antonio people and have been owned and operated that way. And they're not just part of the great Landry's franchise that has, I think, um, half a dozen or more outlets along the river. So oh. we got into places like Asinata for Mexican food and Beyond the Banks for a for an upscale um, posh understanding of high cuisine put on by Bruce Auden, a chef who's been around San Antonio for a long time and helped train a diaspora of San Antonio chefs. Uh, we went to Boudreaux's for that fancy tableside uh, guacamole and the Esquire Tavern, been there for more than 100 years. Their food program has risen and fallen and risen again. It's kind of in a mid-state right now. Um, went to a, an oyster bar called On the Bend. On the Bend, um, yes. And the, the best locally owned Mexican food place that I found, sort of your classic Tex-Mex, was called, it's called the Original Mexican mm -hmm. restaurant. Yes. Um, I suppose that's appropriate for, for them having the best cheese enchilada plate and crispy tacos. Um, and it was funny to rediscover some places that I haven't liked in the past. Like <laughs> Paisano's, I did not like uh, in a restaurant review that uh, really, really brought a lot of heat to me. Uh, but in the end, people sort of felt like it was time that somebody said something hard and accurate about it beloved local favorite. But now the Paisanos on the Riverwalk, it's sort of, you take it out of context, you put it in the context of being on the river, kind of right at sunset. It's just this great place to be. And wow, 
it was pretty decent food. Best chicken fried steak I had on the Riverwalk was at the Republic of Texas. And finally went down to restaurant Gwendolyn, where it's this uh, multi-course, small plates approach where they're they're do it, trying to do it pre-industrial. So the only electricity they, they use is for the lights and for the um, for the refrigeration. The rest of it, like they use a bicycle mechanism to pump the power the wow. power mixer. It's not just pre-industrial and and kind of a novelty that way. It's producing some magnificent food. So that was that was where I went with the locals. In a previous episode, which I highly recommend everyone go listen to, the anatomy of a bad review, we kind of delved into your process and um, and we talked about what you do for every restaurant that you go and review. How, how much of that process did you do for each one of these um, each one of these restaurants that you reviewed here? I didn't just go get a hamburger at each place for almost. For most of these, it's places that I have been before, but I did brand new visits for every single one for this series. And for the nine that you see here, there are another 12 that aren't represented because I went, I tried, I didn't think that they made the top nine. I see. And here I was doing more than just ordering a burger at each place. I was getting a margarita, getting a couple of other plates, just trying to get a, a a sense of what was going there on broader scope than just one plate. Gotcha. All right. So then let's move on to the the next part, which was back in October, the seven best hotel restaurants on the Riverwalk. Now that's a, that's a different animal when you start thinking about hotel restaurants, because they've generally got more capital behind them. So they've got a, a kitchen that maybe was able to weather the pandemic a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, that did not happen because hotels were the hardest hit in the pandemic and their restaurants uh, were hit hard as well. So, for example, the conversation that would have begun any discussion of eating on the River Rock would have been about the buffet at Las Canarias um, and over at the Omni. Mm-hmm. The Omni La Mansion, the, the Sunday buffet is just legendary for um, having this big table of of food where you can get crab claws and peel and eat shrimp and carved roast beef and this great dessert bar. And it's not happening right now. Yeah. Um, they are on hiatus until everything kind of gets itself sorted out. And the once uh, mighty Las Canarias is now just doing breakfast and that's mainly targeted toward hotel guests. You can walk in and get it, but it's not part of the discussion right now. So it's a, it's a little bit of a, a post pandemic world for the rest, for the hotel restaurants. You but included, I did um, two of my absolute favorites. I'm happy that they were on the list. It was Dorego's at Valencia and Domingo at Canopy. I absolutely love those two. I'm glad they made the list. Oh, hey, and I'm glad to hear that, too. I wasn't crazy about Dorego's during the review cycle that uh, when they opened a couple of years ago. Yeah. But uh, when I went for this series, I had some really nice beef empanadas, uh, a superbly grilled ribeye steak and um, uh, cheese in a hot skillet with uh, chimichurri. And it was just good presentation and good food. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then you were talking about Domingo, which is the new restaurant at mm-hmm. the Canopy uh, by Hilton on the Riverwalk, which kind of looks like, I, I don't know if you're having a Lego fever dream or it was a Tetris <laughs> exercise, or clearly something was falling out of the sky just to do this chock-a-block 
um, uh, presentation at the at the canopy, which has all these balconies and levels yes. and hard angles and things like that. And Domingo just has this broad patio at the bottom of all of it. It kind of looks like the place where if you were filming a um, House Housewives of San Antonio episode, yes, uh, you would go to you would go to Domingo. And not to harp on it too much, but the, even the menu was like leather bound. And I remember all the bartenders and servers had these like leather aprons. It, it was just. Uh, they, I, uh, there's a lot of aspects I like about Domingo and the food. I, I, I thought they did a decent job with, yeah. um, it wasn't just boilerplate Tex-Mex. It was interesting. Some really nice, delicate fried fish tacos and, uh, had a, an excellent fried chicken sandwich, you know, for something casual and, um, uh, green chili chicken enchiladas that were worth talking about. Um, I also went to Land Race at yes. the Thompson, which mm-hmm. is that magnificent building with the um, uh, kind of yin and yang windows that are broad at the top and narrow at the bottom and then uh, reversed on each other. But the restaurant on the ground, ground floor there is put together by Chef Steve McHugh from Cured over at the Pearl. And he's just put on this Texas live fire kind of demonstration all the time. You can smell the restaurant a couple of blocks away uh, because they've got this magnificent wood burning grill. So had terrific steaks there and some uh, really nice Texas specialty dishes um, like Hopi blue corn hush puppies, if you can believe that. And this summer squash medley that was great. And their, their menu is seasonal kind of, trades out also really enjoyed ocho at hotel havana oh yeah jesse kuykendall jesse kuykendall who won an episode of chopped earlier this year on the food network isn't just a you know isn't just a flash in the pan a real solid grounded chef with roots in laredo brings this latin melting pot of ideas over to ocho so you've got cuban you've got mexican and tex-mex all done in this place that looks like a a, a terrarium for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. Just perched on the the side of the river walk, you've got this second floor view through this glass house. It's like a greenhouse for growing good ideas. Then I also really liked Ostra at the Mokara, which is a great place to go for seafood. So if you're looking for freshly shucked oysters, I would say that's probably the place you want to go. And uh, Chef Jason Dady has range over at the Embassy Suites. So he he brings that Jason Dady touch where everything's just a little bigger, more flavorful, had a great grilled ribeye and a really cool beef tartare presentation called Parisa, which is an old school um, Central Texas meat market butcher shop presentation of this beautiful, silky, raw beef that's dressed in citrus with herbs and aioli just served with crackers. Just a, a great idea there. So that I, I think did we did we mention everybody? I trying believe, to remember if I left. Oh, Ambler Ambler, Texas Ki- kitchen Ambler Kitchen, yeah, at Contessa. the Hotel Contessa. Um, a, seems like a combination of Southwestern and a grill house put together. There had a good burger and a nice pasta dish with um, with lamb ragu. Oof. And they're right over there by Marriage Island. I don't know if you know this place. It's a no. little heart-shaped island that just sort of juts out into the Riverwalk. And it has these magnificent cypress trees and the, these lovers' benches. And people actually get married there. I think during um, Valentine's Day, that's where they do the, the, 
the mass ceremonies is that is that my am i wrong am i misplacing it that that sounds about right and that'd be the place to do it well they've also got that cool um that bridge in the middle of the lagoon at mm. uh, river center uh the shops at river center yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, marriage island has got uh, amblers lucky lucky to have that place right outside and so this one was the seven best hotel. Was that just a function of there's there's more restaurants than that? The last list was nine. Can you talk about why you picked nine locally owned and then seven hotel ones? That was just um, there was no rhyme or reason to that. It's it's kind of like okay, well you go maybe there's sixteen locals, um, the same number of hotel restaurants and. Um, maybe the same number. I, there are more than 50 restaurants in that stretch of the river walk. I, mm-hmm. I walked into every single one. Wow. So got a sense of every single place there. And, um, I didn't want to just be imprisoned by this number just, you know, okay, we're going to do top 10, this and that, and this sometimes there's not 10 out of I 16 see. that I would recommend. These are places, the intent was to recommend these and not just as Riverwalk destinations, but as places I might go to eat. Now we move into October, the six best chain restaurants in San Antonio. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on these. Oh, good heavens. This this was the one I was not looking forward to because I hotel restaurants bring a, bring a flavor of the local because they want people to feel like they're not just staying at a at a Holiday Inn anywhere in the country. So they want to have a restaurant that sort of speaks to San Antonio. And that's very much the sense with the locals. You get a sense of San Antonio and not just, this is a boilerplate template restaurant that I could put down in Scottsdale, that I could put in Miami, that I could put in Kansas City. Well, you don't get that when you're talking about change, because um, the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company was the kind of place that was dreamt up in a marketing meeting. Um, they play the movie Forrest Gump in the restaurant the entire time that you're there um, on a on a big screen TV. And you just get it. They play on that one scene where uh, Bubba is talking about a coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, and all of that. So you can get that. So I, I gave that place a shot wasn't wasn't crazy about it this was more about the places that didn't make it because believe it or not this first time i've ever been to a hooters in my life oh wow because it's just not the sort of thing that appeals to me it's not that i'm a prude but there's got to be separation (laughs) between that that part of your appetite and the other part of your appetite in my opinion and um it was just not the wings weren't good enough to justify going there and the place itself needs uh, they just need to clear everything out and hose the place down real, real, <laughs> real well. Cause it's, it's showing its age, even if the outside looks crispy and clean, the inside needs a good cleaning. But um, like, I didn't care for Joe's crab shack nor Bubba Gump um, Dick's last resort. I kind of enjoy that, that put on rudeness that they do. And, mm-hmm. the, and the, the um, racy little hats that they make for people like, um, and I don't know if we can say this on the podcast, but one of them said, hi, I'm Bubbles. Or, or one of them said, I like to blow bubbles. And the other one said, um, hi, I'm Bubbles. Um, <laughs> it's, it's that sort of racy, but PG rated yes. um, humor that you get on there. But the, the pork ribs that I got were, were cut from the knuck, uh, 
not a knuckle in your ribs, of course, but that part of the rib that you kind of chop off and, mm -hmm. and discard and would never serve somebody. And I've never seen smaller chicken wings. I know we're in the middle of a chicken wing crisis, but good Lord, if you're serving a chicken wing that is two inches long, <laughs> I think it's time maybe just to to lay them off the menu for a yeah. while. So it was just more, and I don't know what what on earth the Rainforest Cafe is supposed to be, but I didn't I didn't find good food there either. So this became more of a process of elimination. What among these chain restaurants could I find to like and to point people toward? And a, I think a Brazilian steakhouse is not a bad place to start. Oh, the Fogo de Chao, yes, but yeah, they they do a. a pretty decent job. It is not the best Brazilian steakhouse in town by any measure, but it's certainly the best one on the Riverwalk, being the only one, of course, too. But it's a place that you can dress up or be with your um, stroller and your shorts. And, and that's the reality of the Riverwalk. Is Was Texas de Brazil not on the Riverwalk? It's not on. Oh, that's another thing to talk about. It's Riverwalk adjacent. Much oh. like Bohannon's is and yeah. Sushi, oh, okay. yeah, Sushi it's on Houston. And That's right. That's a lot right. of places downtown are in proximity to the Riverwalk, but you'd have to kind of step off the Riverwalk to give them a try. I see, I see, I see. What, yes. My criteria for this was you have to be on the Riverwalk close enough to throw chips or bread that you're not supposed to be throwing to the ducks. <laughs> okay. So then you got the Hard Rock Cafe on this list and Landry Hard Rock Seafood Cafe, House. I, I know that's one of those old school places that nobody goes to anymore for the Hollywood glamour. And they kind of made it less of a nightclub and more of a restaurant these days. And I had a good burger there and a good rack of baby back ribs. Um, Landry's, which is the parent company, owns half a dozen or more places uh, along the Riverwalk. And like they're responsible for Saltgrass Steakhouse and Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, oh, okay. and, um, a couple of other places like that. But I found that their flagship on the Riverwalk Landry Seafood House was a decent steakhouse um, by any standard. Okay, and so I enjoy really enjoyed a, a big fat juicy bone and ribeye that I got with um, with seafood sautéed over the top and. A, a decent margarita and these cool tables just sort of lined up right along the Riverwalk. It's a really great place to see the wildlife, whether it's um, the people or um, the you know the animals along the Riverwalk. And then Margaritaville, wow! I know that was a, that was a surprise to me. I didn't go into Margarita with Margaritaville with any expectations because I had already eaten at Landshark across the bay over by the, the river center and land shark is just an offshoot of Margaritaville. And it was completely boilerplate bland, not great by any standard. Um, so I was expecting the same at Margaritaville, but I had a better experience. It was one of the best, um, hamburgers on the, on the river and had some decent grilled fish tacos. And believe it or not, they make one of the many choices among their margaritas is just one made with uh, tequila and Cointreau and juice. Oh, nice. And that's it. And that's the kind of margarita I like. It's, it's kind of margarita a lot of hardcore people like. But if you like your margarita sweeter and and more tourist friendly like that, Margaritaville can do that as well. Um, speaking of saltgrass, which is one of the Landry's family, it's like the little sister to, to Landry's itself. Um, I had a good grilled sirloin with uh, 
shrimp scampi on the side and a solid salad. Um, I like the setting there at the uh, casino club building. And then uh, moving over to the yard house, uh, a chain restaurant, of course, but that fried the yard chicken looks first, good. Yeah, that Nashville fried chicken was nice. And they actually did a couple of good tacos. And what I like about this place, too, is, of course, these half yard glasses of beer that look like it's a tulip bulb at the bottom and then comes out to a trumpet funnel at the top. And it holds um, 32 ounces of beer. And they've got a pretty wide draft selection, including uh, beers that are made by the yard house operation itself. Also, so, some craft microbrew type stuff. Yes. And so if you're just looking for a place to get a, a decent beer outside of the, uh, the make-believe Irish pubs on the Riverwalk, that's a good place to go. You were making the rounds all over the Riverwalk. Did people notice you? Were they? Is that Mike Sutter? They see so many people down there that I, I've maybe – that wasn't the case, but did you ever get recognized as a food critic while you were? I did. I did because there were days that I'd go to, to uh, six different restaurants in one day, and sometimes they'd be directly across the river from each other. So I was having this big uh, dinner at Joe's Crab Shack, and there was a big table of people sitting next to me, and we kind of interacted. You know, people are getting buzzed and having a good time on the Riverwalk, and that's great. So I left Joe's Crab Shack and went down to Landry's and was sitting having my big steak dinner at Landry's. And this same group of people walked by me and were like, wait a minute, what What are you doing here? We, we just had lunch with you. And, uh, you know, what can I do? And that happened a couple of times at restaurants where the waiter saw me across the river at a different restaurant, and then there I was sitting at her table. And just a just a little bit of head shaking, not a not a big deal. I think people do crazy stuff along the river all the time. That is awesome. And so, moving on to the ten best restaurants on the San Antonio River Walk ranked, and this is the latest one. It's the one that's been trending all over the place. All of the other stories were leading up to this because I wanted to digest the River Walk in bites. I didn't want to just lay it all down at the same time. If you're going to go to 50 different restaurants, you don't want it just to feed into one story because that's like drinking from a fire hose and you're just going to lose some of the subtleties of it. Did I just say subtleties when we were talking about the Riverwalk? I'm sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> but this was all leading up to taking the best of the locals, the chains and the, um, the hotel restaurants and giving people a sense of that true ranking. Here are the best 10 and I'm going to commit to giving assigning numbers to them, uh, which I only like to do when I've had when I've done enough research to feel like, hey, I can honestly tell you these are the 10 best. I guess that is it good or is it river walk good? Just good <laughs> enough to fool the out of towners. I love that line. Yeah. And we call that I call that my Riverwalk goggles. I put on and it, it suddenly it filters out all of the 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 more discreet ideas that you have about um, a good restaurant experience, um, people appropriately dressed for the venue, uh, waiters who are accustomed to, to dealing with people who kind of know what they're doing when they come in. For We've talked about this before, entertainment, our entertainment dollars are spent for the most part on restaurants. So when people are out traveling, maybe this is the first trip they've taken in a while, and the Riverwalk is the is where they've gone, and it, they kind of treat it like a theme park. And I think that the restaurants have to adapt to that 
and serve those people as well as any kind of discerning locals that might come or, or discerning out of towners too. And I'm glad we covered everything else first because I, I wanted to give people a sense of how much work you put into this list and the thought uh, and intent behind it all. Um, yeah, and and don't cry for me, Argentina. This was oh no uh, no no. Yeah, I, I saw than, I see the pictures of the of the food here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm almost then, je- almost jealous. <laughs> then uh, there are worse things to do than to have to eat at fifty different restaurants. Um, I'm just glad that the uh, the Express News gave me enough time to uh, to build this up and to uh, you know not uh, raise my cholesterol level dangerously in the process. <laughs> that explains the yoga retreat. Yes, <laughs> we've got to have our exercise in some form or another. But I I grew up playing uh, football, high school football in Texas, and uh, I vowed never to exercise again after that. <laughs> yoga has at least given me a way to be able to do that without. Um, violating that vow. All right. So let's get into it real quick. We'll just run it through. I'll, I'll have links to all the articles in the description. So you'll be able to go back and and look, read everything in depth um, if you'd like. So number 10, the Paisano's Riverwalk. That's right. If you go around San Antonio, you'll see a version of shrimp paisano on people's menus all over the place. It's a lightly fried shrimp, generally with like a lemon garlic butter sauce. but there's kind of a general agreement that Paisano's was the first place to do that and put its stamp on it. And that's the thing to get when you go to Paisano's on the Riverwalk. It comes with pasta. You can also get a decent lasagna and a salad. Be sure to sit outside. Don't, as nice and big as the dining room is, sit outside so you can get a sense of the the Riverwalk happening around you. And then moving on to number nine, Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse. This is the place to go to maximize, I think, if you've got a little extra money, this is the place to maximize your value because you're looking at anywhere from uh, low 40s around brunch and lunch, or I think it's even in the 30s for lunch, um, and then in the 50s for dinner, and that's an all-you-can-eat price. It doesn't include cocktails, but it's all the food you can eat. And then they have this market table that has cheeses and cured meats and salads. And oh, um, the salad bar here is pretty fantastic there. Yeah, and vegetables and um, stalks of asparagus. You can really put together a nice steakhouse dinner for 50, 50 something dollars at dinner time. And you can even have more after that. That's going to be one of the very best values that you find on the Riverwalk. I implore people to just, even if you're not going to read it, go look at these pictures. My mouth is watering. (laughs) Uh, Number eight, Landry Seafood House. For all the reasons that I talked about before, it's a place to go for special occasion dining on the Riverwalk. They will accept you if you're in your casual tourist clothes, but if you want to dress up or you need to dress up, that's the place to go. Number seven, Range at Embassy Suites. That, again, is the Jason Dady place. And I think if you want to get a sense of San Antonio celebrity chefdom, that's where you go just to to drink in this place, too, because it was originally designed as a John Besh restaurant from New Orleans called Luke. And Luke had a a long down closed. I am, I've been accused of shutting it down. I was just, uh, as we've said before, diagnosing the late stages of a terminal illness. Range has more than redeemed that space, but it's awesome. still a, a cool bar with uh, 
with little tiny subway tile and cool wicker chairs. And then it's got this sweeping um, ballroom staircase going yes. to the upper level. All of this with views toward the Riverwalk outside um, and a taste of deviled eggs with brisket jam. Wow, that sounds amazing. Number six, Asenar. There is not a lot of great Mexican food to be had on the Riverwalk, and this will come as a surprise to nobody in San Antonio where our standards are really high for good Mexican food. And Asinar does a nice job of threading that needle between Tex-Mex, interior Mexican, and then an idea of a higher cuisine that Mexico is also um, really good at. So they find ways to hit all three of those sweet spots. And a place I love to start is uh, enchilada sampler that they do with uh, verde, queso, and mole. That's great. I, I see the picture of that right now. Number five, Ostra and Mokara. If you are just looking for a good seafood experience from people who know how to handle pieces of fresh fish, this is the place to go. Roasted and grilled fish along with oysters on the half shell. And I had a really good margarita there. And they come in these giant blue martini glasses that you know are as much show as they are extra margarita. But boy, you get a sense of living the big life when you're doing that. Then at number four, we talked about this land race at the Thompson Hotel. And the picture I chose for that was this fabulous New York strip steak yeah. that you can get foie gras added to for that truly lush, uh, lush and lavish experience. Um, but you can do a, a range of foods that, that don't have to be um, this super deluxe steak. And I appreciated it for that. And mm -hmm. this is also another place where you get a sense of celebrity chef because Steve McHugh um, is a multi-time James Beard Award um, finalist. And the, the Beard Awards are like the Oscars for cooking in America. Wow. I love that. Um, then we got Boudreaux's. I feel like that's a classic here and a classic name. Another place where when I did a full three visit review, I wasn't overwhelmed by it. Uh, but I think that was in that sense that in the broader San Antonio restaurant market, Boudreaux's doesn't fare as well as it does on the Riverwalk, where it's a superstar. Uh, you will recognize Boudreaux's by having the um, ochre-colored umbrellas out front that look yes. like the brim of a cowboy hat. So when you see those five, I think it's five of those umbrella tables right on the Riverwalk, you know that's Boudreaux's. And I'm going to recommend every time that you get the table side guacamole, because it's the guy doesn't juggle avocados like they do at you know these squirrely places that have table side. <laughs> it's more about how do you want, what do you want your flavor experience to be? They give you a couple of different ideas of spice level and they, they make it according to that. And I think... Uh, no surprise, Ocho's really high on the list at Hotel Havana. And that goes back to what I was talking about with Chef Jesse Kuykendall, who just brings this great range. I did brunch there, so I had hoe cakes, which are corn cornmeal pancakes with carnitas, and then moved up to this great roasted chili relleno that Chef Kuykendall does, and these crazy um, quesadillas made with beef and weenies. 
And when I say weenies, I'm talking about chopped up hot dogs because <laughs> Chef Kuykendall is from Laredo where they understand the value and the majesty of a chopped weenie in, in Mexican food. Mm-hmm. We could do, again, a, a separate podcast episode just about uh, weenies and eggs <laughs> and tacos around San Antonio. A staple in a Latin <laughs> home sometimes. <laughs> And such great flavor. But then you go all the way up to Chef Kuykendall doing uh, roasted roasted lamb rack with uh, mame mole. And the uh, menu is going to be evolving into the fall. And I'm really looking forward to what comes out of that kitchen. Yeah, I, I, was, I was not surprised at all to see that Ocho made the list. Uh, and again, that, that glass restaurant sitting perched up on that second floor of the, of the Riverwalk with a great view. Um, the glass... The glass house has been written up in national magazines for just how beautiful it is. And that that don't underestimate that part. Atmosphere does count for a lot for me. I mean, I don't have as a discerning palate as you. I've been described as a human garbage disposal. So I look for <laughs> atmosphere and service. And if the food is just okay, I will be but me personally, I will be I'll be happy. And the picture looks amazing. I, I see the the lamb chop. Well, you are underselling your credentials as um, <laughs> as an eater and as a chef. So don't don't listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. And then a tie for number one: Biga on the Banks and Restaurant Gwendolyn. There there are a couple of reasons for the tie here. One is that they're both operating at the upper echelon of price and value and flavor on the Riverwalk. Both of these restaurants would be terrific anywhere outside the con- the context of the Riverwalk. No goggles required. As with all of the restaurants on this top 10 list, I would eat at all of them outside of the Riverwalk. But Biga has Chef Bruce Auden, who um, has had restaurants in San Antonio for decades and has trained an entire legion of chefs that have gone on to do great things. Mark, I'm thinking of Mark Bliss and Jason Dady, but Biga is the place to come for game like Axis Venison with Lockhart Quail or this great seafood like he does with Scottish salmon and he does a terrific grilled Australian lamb rack. But it's, oh it's old school, classic team service. Uh, you're always going to be well taken care of and the setting inside or outside is equally nice. Then moving on to Restaurant Gwendolyn, we talked about the multi-course small dishes and that pre-industrial aesthetic, but here's the thing about that. The, that's the good news. The bad news is that Gwendolyn is leaving the Riverwalk. That's what I wanted to talk about because I was surprised to see it on the list. Well, no, I take that back. I wasn't surprised to see it on the list, but I did know that it was going to be moving. Well, we thought about doing an honorary number 11, but that, would, that wouldn't be giving Restaurant Gwendolyn the credit it deserves for how good it is. And it is going to be on the Riverwalk for another month. Its last day of service is December 18th, and then Chef Michael Sohaki is going to move it to the former Five Points local restaurant building, and he's going to retool the idea. He's going to embrace electricity and... <laughs> Uh, he's going to let go of the 150-mile foraging limit so that he can have um, access to the best meats, the best produce, um, the best seafood. And we'll see Gwendolyn change so it won't ever be quite what it was on the Riverwalk. But for right now, with the one month that we have left to experience it, 
I think that we should embrace the magic and enjoy it while we can. Well, that was great. Like I said, uh, listeners, you can uh, check the description. We're going to have every single article listed on there. Uh, Mike, thank you. I kept you for way too long. I appreciate you taking the time to like talk about all this. I always love you ha- having you on the show. Well, as ever, I appreciate your time and your wisdom about the San Antonio restaurant scene. And to everybody listening, thank you for hanging with us through this slightly longer edition because the Riverwalk is a big place and there's a lot to get through.